In the Park Festival is back in Newcastle, and you could be there watching headliner Rag and Bone Man. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to see Rag and Bone Man on Sunday the 5th of May. He'll be joined by Newcastle-born singer-songwriter and brother to Sam, the hugely talented Liam Fender. To be in with a chance of winning two tickets, just answer the following question. What is the real first name of Rag and Bone Man? Is it Reginald, Rory or Colin? To enter, download the free Durham On Air app for your smartphone or tablet, click on Win, and you could be in Newcastle watching Rag and Bone Man on the 5th of May. Entries close at 11pm on May the 2nd. For full terms and conditions, visit durhamonair.com. In the Loop, a podcast from the heart of Durham. Hello, welcome. It is In the Loop, we're back, the Durham podcast. Uh, Episode 9, the beginning of July 2022. I'm your host, Emma Hignett. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, you'll find out about a new independent business, about summer entertainment in 50-minute slots, cake, of course, there's always a little bit of cake thrown in, isn't there? And a student enterprise that's no longer just in Durham, but Durham students have certainly led the way on this one. Uh, Before we go any further, a big thank you to City of Durham Parish Council for supporting and sharing this podcast, which is created uh, with the team from Totally Locally Durham, the movement championing the independence that make Durham City different from any other city. Um, On with In The Loop. We shall start with The City Loop today. Durham Fringe Year 2 is a few weeks away and is launched tomorrow, Saturday the 2nd of July. But that's only relevant if you're actually listening on Friday the 1st of July. Otherwise, it's been launched and it is at the end of July. And it's uh, uh, But anyway, don't let that put you off. This is all exceptionally relevant. I caught up with Bill Moyer as ticket sales are starting to ramp up. So I'm guessing my point is, listen in, find out more about it. And if the ticket sales are ramping up, then time to move so you don't miss out. The City Loop. Hang, hang on, you've sold 108, you've sold 128 tickets today. Yeah. Well, why am I here? You don't need me to promote it. We do, it. we do, we do, we do. <laughs> we need to promote it so people can come along anyway. Because, because, because. Right, so Bill Moore has joined me. No, you can talk, you can talk. Um, and we're talking about Durham Fringe. We I know we. St- this is our second take. The reason being, we're not sure if the first one recorded properly. <laughs> so we're doing take two. So the question we started with, the only question I can remember that we started with was, what is your official or unofficial role in Durham Fringe? For those who know me and know that I have absolutely not a single hair on my head, yeah, um, I thought somebody was going to help me grow a fringe. Oh, and, God, uh, that is bad. <laughs> and of course it's bad. Durham Fringe, I'm one of the directors of the board. We started a year ago. I call myself the creative director. I have made up that title, but I'm a board director for Durham Fringe, which is a CIC, and there are six of us who are board directors. And in two years, you've taken an idea to be a six-day festival of every kind of performance going, really. It is. Um, we have this. This was this was an idea on the on the on the back of. Um, a serviette and there are no fag packets so Stephen Cronin who's the um, who who was the consultant paediatrician at 
at UHND and who worked during lockdown in accident and emergency. He thought, why couldn't we do something similar to Edinburgh? But do it before Edinburgh and have people on their way up to Edinburgh stop off in Durham. What we discovered was it was more likely that people locally would like to come and showcase their talents in the county in which they live or in the region in which they live, most people in the city in which they live. So we started last year, 30 shows, and this year we've got nearly 60 shows. We've got 58 shows. So is there any element of um, it's a practice run for Edinburgh Fringe, or is it completely different? And Well, I'm, I'm happy, really, that it's not a practice run. I'd hate us to be the landing strip for Edinburgh. Yeah. But in, because, 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 because all of the people who came last year just did Durham Fringe. And they were local. They're fringe fanatics and they go to fringe. But we're not just the dress rehearsal for Edinburgh. Mm. We're, we're, it's a very special... We had, a, we had you know, some very special niche performances last year, which really made a lot of sense to people who are from the area with coal mining references and, and reflect, reflective historical issues. So it's, it's, it's a fringe in as much as this is not mainstream theatre. We're on the fringe of, I think I've said before, the fringe of hysteria. But we're on the fringe of mainstream because these are short, purpose-built pieces of drama, music, theatre, cabaret, children's stories, dance, poetry, 50 minutes, which are entire shows in themselves, across all of those performance genres. And that some of them have been specifically written for July 2022. Brilliant. So the dates are July the... July 26th to July 31st. And we start mid-afternoon on each of those days, going through till 10 o'clock at night. With 50-minute performance after... Yes, I'll be looking after the City Theatre, which is at the back of the market, which is our our jewel, our our own City Theatre. That's one of those places, and there's so many independents where if you haven't found it... You haven't found it, but you need to go and find it. Well, it is because it's in Fowler's Yards, which yeah. is you know, which is another site of lots of independent businesses, and they are a joy to look through their windows. Even more of a joy for those who run the business if you pop in and buy something. City Theatre uh, is 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 built into the wall of of the market. I mean, it was so nice if people would come in through the front of the market hall, go through the market, then down the lift into the city theatre. There are so many people who don't know what's in the market. Yeah. And apart from it being the, my favourite place for a bin lid breakfast, a big fry up, um, it's the, the shops in the market and they're shops, they're not stalls these days. No. And we've gone a long way from one wall at the bottom end being full of books with my neighbour from Merry Oaks looking after it. That's the 1950s. It's. Uh, Durham Market is very, very vibrant. And I think we build on that vibrancy to have fringe in independent locations. So there's there's how many locations, do you say? We've got, we've got five this year. We, we, last year we had Assembly Rooms and Fabio's and City and St Chad's College. Colleges are very popular, as uh, and the independent colleges, because there are a couple of independent from the university. The colleges are very popular for weddings, <laughs> so, th- this, yeah, so this year we've gone to Town Hall and where last year Town Hall wasn't available um, we've been able to book the, the Town Hall we haven't been able to book Gala I mean, but Gala's got something on that week I think 
but we have we have got the, the real independence in that are Fabio City and Cathedral. I love the idea of being in. I mean, I know Cathedral well, and I love the idea of somebody performing in there. And I know, I know you sort of said it could be music, it could be poetry. It could... It, looking at the program, I think it, it's exactly that. So from uh, from about closing time or mid afternoon, that the Cathedral will be open for ticket holders for Fringe and. Tickets are available on the door there. £6 for those who are 16 and under, £8 for those over. Um, and there'll be poetry, there'll be soloists, there will be small group of musicians. All of that stuff's described on the website, which is, Dur- and again, durhamfringe.co.uk. I'm thinking that actually a trip to the website is probably the only way of planning this because when, if you've got so many different shows yeah. um, and they're all short and they're in different locations, the only way you can go, right, well, we're going to go from A to B to C to D is go on the website, look at the schedule. You're absolutely right. Plan, your, for... plan your, your week. It's really complicated as well, Emma, because you can choose by genre. So you can choose by do I want a children's show or do I want to see dance or do I want... Or you can choose by your venue. Mm-hmm. For the lo- for the local for local people wanting local venues, search on the website to see what's in Cathedral. Search on the website, see what's in City, see what's in the Town Hall Fabios and Assembly Rooms. And then choose your shows, because we've got a mixture in all. It's not as if we have just put only one type of entertainment into one venue. I think I'd say that City is probably more likely to be one of the hubs of theatre. We've got some we've got some very different and challenging theatrical performances at, at City. I mean that it's not it's not glitz and glamour and Hollywood. It will be three people taking you through some very thoughtful mm-hmm. drama. And that's and that's that's offset by going to Fabio's and having a, a gin and tonic or a glass of wine and listening to somebody be hilarious. Or going going yourself to a children's show. To see a grown-up dressed as a pirate. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's fine. That's great. And a local magician thrown in somewhere. Oh yes, measure uh, too. we've got we've got we've got a couple of magic shows. But one of my, one of my one of my favourite local performers, just to narrow the field, is a, a, a guy who this year's performance is called Grow Up Magic Man, and I think I think that shows that Tom, who is the magician, um, under, understands childhood, understands magic. And um, from what I understand, I had a conversation with Tom in Cafe Geno recently where I actually lost my debit card and it was, it was found by the women who run Cheno and I was saved on that day. But Tom told me that the set for his, for his show this year is his childhood bedroom. Oh, no. Yeah, so he, gr- he grows up in front of your very eyes and does incredible magic too. I like the sound of that. Yeah, it's it, and, and it, last year he was a, he was a sellout. I mean, local boy Johnson School. I think I think it was it was the alumnus that uh, packed the city theatre. This year he's moving to assembly rooms, and and he's 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 definitely going to attract a big audience. Brilliant. So the the six directors. What is and yeah. you've, you've doubled the size of Durham Fringe. We've it, doubled the size. We've for the, year two. What we've the, there were there were always six people who sat around the table, arguing as to whether or that whether or not that would work or, or whatever, and um, Stephen and I and Andrew and Daryl, who, who local people connected to the university or or Durham School, 
we, we were helped by Lucinda and Peter. And I might have permed those names wrongly, but <laughs> those are the names of the people. Who, I think Lucinda was a director before Daryl was a director. Nonetheless, six directors now, all with different skills. And um, we were coming out of lockdown last year. So that's that's really why we, we, were, we were trying to keep it containable. It's kind of growed really quite interesting this year and it, it seems to have created a life of its own and maybe gone in its own direction that yeah. you might not necessarily have first planned well, well absolutely right i think also people who are in the performance world there's recommendations so pe- people came last year and it was a toe in the water and then they went back to their groups or back to back to wherever they live in the county or in the region and said that worked and the place was full and I'd like to do it next year, next yeah. year, let's do this, let's, let's plan ahead. And... and even the people who did come to us from Bristol, I mean, mm-hmm. drove from Bristol to put on a 60-minute performance on a Saturday night in front of an audience that arrived after a Saturday night out, um, and the show started at 11 o'clock. Ooh, there, were right. no, there were no cabs to be found at the end of that. Um, but they, they thoroughly enjoyed it. They played to a packed house. Uh-huh. It, was, it, was, it was absolutely superb. Um, and they... They're not. They're unable to come to us this year, but that's and that's unfortunate because I've never seen a gag show, sixty-minute gag show, sixty gags in sixty minutes. Oh my god! It's very good. So, what's your ambition with the festival? I think the fringe. I think if we if we pull it off this year, to do it again next year, and to encourage, I think we'd like to encourage some some additional venues. Mm-hmm. It would be really, it would be really nice if we're able to. Um, it's a different, it's a different commercial package to book uh, university places. Event Durham actually have a different commercial package, but I do know that half a million pounds is being spent on Durham Castle and having a performance space in the Fellows Garden. That would be so nice. Cathedral, unfortunately, were unable to have us at Priors this year because the wall was about to fall down. We we need we we'd like to do some outside. I was going stuff. to say outdoors. Well, we had Chad's last year, and and it rained, mm. and that's why the great thing about Chad's is they've got an inside atrium, so we could we could move people inside. But if they've got other people who've booked in adjoining rooms, as yeah, they did, they, last they might suddenly have. Yeah, it's you don't yeah. want you don't want people doing jazz and dancing and. Yeah, we had aerial acrobatics in the garden of Chad's College last year. It was absolutely magnificent. People came and built this massive, great big circus stuff in in the in the garden outside. No circus tent because we've got we've got some circus acts this year too. But they're going to do that inside. So, what was your high? Could you pick one highlight of last year? I've I've got a picture in my mind of people queuing across um, across the Bailey to go to the assembly right. room. I've seen that photo, I and think. that's that photograph. Uh, I was uh, there were two of us there when it was taken, and it was the highlight of last year. Was it wasn't the best weather, but it was the best buzz. Mm. And the other thing, the and I was at City Theatre as I am this year, and um, the people who run City Theatre. Where okay, right, right, you've got a fringe, yeah, right, that's reasonable. And then it was opening night, and the place was as full as it could be with COVID restrictions, and that was the same for every single performance right the way through the week, and that's 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 a real buzz. And going back up onto outside of Fabio's and outside of the assembly rooms, and seeing people 
walking around between venues, it was seeing Durham come back to life. And it was seeing people wanting to go for a cup of coffee, people wanting to go for a drink, people wanting to go for some, a, a snack. And that's what we do really well in Durham. It's a World Heritage Site with the best places to eat. Brilliant. Thank you. And Thanks, the website Emma. is durhamfringe.co.uk. That's correct, durhamfringe.co.uk. <laughs> Please go and buy tickets. I'm not going to say the website again. Thank you to Bill. Um, I'll put the links, all the relevant links, in the show notes, as always. Um, and you can find Durham Fringe on social media. And if you're listening on Friday the 1st, you can come along to the marketplace uh, alongside the outdoor market on Saturday the 2nd, where there will be various lo- various launch activities. Before we carry on, we would love to know what you think uh, and what you would like to hear about in this podcast. You can email admin at totallylocallydurham.co.uk to get in touch. Look forward to hearing from you. Please help us spread the word about In The Loop. Tell your friends to listen in. Give us a like, subscribe to make sure you hear every single episode. Uh, Wherever you've found the link to this podcast, please share it. Thank you in advance. Um, So now on to The Independent Loop. And with a degree of mystery. Let's introduce you to a new independent coming to Durham. I did the whole interview, right? Only to discover right at the end that they haven't actually gone public with the information I was sharing. So, as you'll hear, um, we have cunningly, craftily removed all the pertinent information. Why not? It's all part of the mystery. Here goes. The Independent Loop. Right, so... um. In the independent loop today, this this is a different one because I actually, I really truly know very little about <laughs> what's happening. So we're talking to Miles, Miles Nelson. Yes. And um, your business is Bookworm. Yes. And you're about to, at the end of July. Yes. Open in. Yeah, the the day we officially open. And what and bookworm obviously implies books. What will set bookworm apart from anywhere else you can find books? Well, uh, it's a bookshop uh, for starters owned by a queer couple, myself and my husband, um, and we are going to have a focus on LGBT books as well as independent authors like myself who struggle to get onto the shelves of a traditional bookstore such as Waterstones. Yeah. <laughs> so. At the moment, you are, I guess, researching what you want to have on your shelves. We are currently, we have a few, well, our first shipment of books arrived today. Uh, We already know a large amount of the books that we want to to stock. Um, And we have been kind of setting up our stock list for the past few weeks or so. Um, We... Kind of, we've done small markets before, so we kind of know what sells, and we know like of some of the bigger new releases in the LGBT space that people like. Um, but other than that, uh, like we kind of just want people to seek us out, so that we can kind of handpick a selection of people to like to stock us, essentially like uh, local authors, independents, and things like that. Do you know what? You, you've just made me think about something randomly. I saw a, a post I saw on, on social media this morning about how the ideal bookshop, or almost like the ideal version of a, a bookshop, would be a bar 
where you're sitting and having a drink and the person behind the bar just knows exactly what the right book for you is. Yes. And goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. After you finish that one, <laughs> sit down and read this one. Is that your way of sort of the, yeah. how you'd like it to be? Yeah, I would love that. Like, yeah, so we did a course called New Futures run by the Bookselling Association, which was all about kind of the, like, the early stages of starting your own bookshop and stuff like that. And one thing that they told us was that book selling, uh, you have to give people an experience uh, that people won't get online. Um, and that experience is, as you say, kind of recommending books when people are looking for them and like having recommendations and stuff like that. But uh, Bookworm's also going to be an experience in that it's like books that you won't get anywhere else and like uh, many of the things that we're going to stock uh, are going to be handmade by us as well. So, so what, beyond books? Yes, there will be- beyond books. Um, so I make my own little miniature statues of a lot of the characters from my books because I'm an independent author as well. And I also make zines, which are essentially little storybooks that you'll be able to buy for around the price of a Christmas card. Wow. So, and I make them all by hand. So, so I, I can't not talk about you as an author. So <laughs> give us a little bit about, a, 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 is there a sort of, uh, a repeated character in your books or is there a repeated theme or so what's your t- style of writing um so i generally write science fiction and fantasy right um i specialize more in sci-fi than in fantasy but it's always very fantastical sci-fi kind of like uh star wars-esque with uh, big and mysterious and unpredictable forces uh beyond our control and like the um like my first novel was called Riftmaster and it's all about a college student who's whisked away from Earth by a mysterious and unpredictable force called the Rift and uh, whilst stranded on an alien planet he meets a mysterious man called the Riftmaster who offers to teach him how to survive. Um, my second book is nothing to do with that <laughs> but it is... Uh, it, well, it was originally written for uh, my husband's wedding gift. Um, so obviously a lot of my books have like kind of LGBT themes and stuff like that in them. Um, drawn from my own real life experience. So. <laughs> so who do you envisage your market to be when we come to Durham? Now, obviously you've said you're targeting the LGBT market, but are we talking students? Are we talking... Young people, are we talking absolutely anyone? Are we talking maybe visitors who will come and find you and come looking for you? Yeah, like... Yes, yes and yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyone. Like, <laughs> so, um, like, at a lot of our markets and stuff that we've done so far, we've been so focusing heavily on our social media presence. So, um, and essentially... Uh, at our previous markets a lot of people have come to seek us out and said like we saw that you were here on your socials and we came looking for you that's so, brilliant so yeah. so you sort of have a ready-made audience yeah yeah who are waiting for you to have a physical presence yes yes brilliant uh-huh and um the as well like we want to we are focusing on the LGBT community, like, uh, largely, but we don't want to alienate anyone either. 
like so anyone who kind of drops by will probably be able to pick out a book that they like for example tourists like will we will have copies of like books based around the Lambton worm which is where our name came from yeah and uh tourists will probably like the book the Lambton worm because of its local history and and legend um and then obviously we're gonna have a children's section what book doesn't what bookshop doesn't have a children's section brilliant and and yeah and it, I, I guess it's something that could be quite fluid and you can just sort of see what's working and what's selling and yeah. change it as you as the market changes yeah definitely definitely so you're already on social media mm-hmm. where can people find you so um if we are on all of the socials bookworm durham on that's on facebook and uh tiktok and instagram and twitter as well so so there's a there's an air of mystery which is why we have um, bleeped out or out some of the elements of this interview but yes. so so you're you're teasing shall i say on social media yes. is that right yeah we're teasing um we have big things coming we have big things planned um but uh if, if you check on our social media now you'll find all of uh well you will find us teasing about what's in the egg and there is something big coming with bookworm uh i'll just not tell you what it is so go online answer some questions about the lambton worm and we might uh soon see brilliant there you go. Back to the socials. They are on... T- oh, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, and on TikTok. Yes. And you will be in... <gasps> I'm not saying it again now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Miles. Thank you. And so, for the details... um. You'll have to get on Bookworm's social media. Links, of course, in the show notes. Now it's the student loop. Might be timing this one slightly wrong because the students, um, many have left the city, uh, maybe recently. Some have returned with their families for their graduation ceremonies. So if that was you, congratulations. Um, I love those days in the city where there's just, you know, students showing mum and dad around. I love those. Um, And may you students who have gone on from Durham University remember the city exceptionally fondly. Despite uh, the fact that the students are off for whatever they want to do in their summer holes, I caught up with three students involved in a project which has started uh, a couple of years ago and will return in the autumn and is spreading beyond Durham University. It's called Scoop. You might have come across it. You might not. Here I talked with Lena, Elodie and Lauren. The Student Loop. This morning, I'll tell you what, why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, let's start with Lena, who's joined us on Zoom from Poland. Hi, um, I'm Lena, um, and like, like you said, I'm from Poland. So I came over to England to study at Durham. And one of the big things I've, like, I've done since joining is get involved with Skeep. Which, okay. So Skeep is a like we're going to talk about a zero waste student run nonprofit. Um, yeah, so I was head of events last year and with Elodie, I'm going to be a president in my third year. So starting September. Okay, and we've got Elodie on the call as well. Elodie, tell us where you're from. Um, well, I'm, I lived in New Zealand 
um, until I was 10. And then I moved to Hong Kong and then I came here for uni. Um, but my dad's from the Wirral, actually, of all oh. places. Um, <laughs> and then, so I'm, I've just finished a placement year at a tofu company called, funnily enough, the tofu company. Um, and I'm going back for my fourth year. And I've been involved in Scoop since, oh gosh, um, the idea was just starting up kind of at the end of my first year when COVID just hit. Like that was when the initial kind of ideas and, you know, what's the word, kind of so spreading. Was, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the third person on this call currently, you never know, somebody else might join us, is uh, Lauren. Lauren, um, Am I right in thinking you're probably towards the end of handing it over to somebody else? Yes, exactly. So I was, uh, like Elodie, joined Scoop when it was in its first year of creation um, and I was head of the volunteers. Um, so I had, I think, around 30 volunteers to to organise and, um, yeah, schedule shifts for them and everything. Um, and then last year I decided to apply for the president role and have been running it this year with with Kat um who sadly's not on the call but um together we yeah we've 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 run the shop and the organization this year um we've taken we've taken scoop in a slightly different direction this year we've kind of expanded our impact and kind of our action um a bit more broadly beyond just being a, a zero waste zero waste store um so for anybody who, who doesn't know, we'll run through what actually Scoop is. I feel like yeah. an important a, start. <laughs> what it is, where it is. Yeah, okay. So Scoop as a whole, so Scoop Durham belongs to Scoop UK, um, which is a nationwide student-run mission to encourage predominantly sustainable living at university amongst university students whilst they're in their like formative development years, living away from home for first year, first time. Um, and our opinion is that if we can get if we can get students living sustainably now, then when they leave university and go into the big bad world, uh, hopefully they take those those habits with them forward. Um, so part of that is our shop. So we're a zero waste shop. So we sell um, dried dried food um, predominantly and a few household products like shampoo and conditioner, uh, washing up liquid without any plastic is our kind of our mission. So people come to the store with Tupperware fill up their Tupperware, we wear it out for how much they want and they go away. But the big the big thing about Scoop is that we we want to kind of remove the green tax that's associated with a lot of sustainable um, sustainable zero waste stores. So rather than pricing pricing our products at a higher rate than Tesco's, we try and keep all our products broadly around Tesco's prices um, with, the, with the premise being that sustainable living shouldn't have to be a luxury, it should be something that everyone can do. Um, and especially for students, that's really important because most of us are living on a budget for <laughs> the majority of university um, and making going to other zero waste stores might not be particularly accessible. Um, now, now, this your stall in Durham is it's uh, where is it? Riverside. Riverside. Yeah. Okay. Um, opposite Timpson's, um, the key, the key maker, the shoe, shoe, bar, shoe, 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 shoe cutting. Shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got that. Um, we very kindly got given that unit. Yeah, in October 2020, um, I wasn't actually really involved in that initial um, kind of connection. But David and Nina, who created Scoop that year, whose idea it was, um, I think did a lot of digging um, with different people in the community, and were lucky enough to get in contact with the River Walk, and um, they very kindly gave us the 
the unit um, rent free. So that's kind of how we're able to keep ourselves going and keep the store running. Because if, if we had to pay for rent, um, the whole kind of business model wouldn't really work. Um, so that's massively important to us. And they're very, very, it's a very important relationship we have with them. So they, so you have a shop, you have it full of uh, dry goods. Somebody has to have the job of ordering in to keep your supplies coming and going and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you've got you've got various volunteers working in the shop. Yeah, so all volunteer led, um, all students so far, but definitely not exclusively students. Like I think maybe perhaps something better analogy would like to look to next year is kind of expanding our volunteer reach beyond just university students. Um, I think we are aware that there is a bit of a student local divide in Durham, um, and we don't want to kind of add to that. So trying to get the community involved where we can has been really important. That's an interesting point, because, of course, as a student run organisation, you are not currently open. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no students there to run it. Exactly. Exactly. And that is like a bit of a. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, that's the kind of the downfall of being a student organisation. that it's very seasonal. Um, but yeah, I think we're only, we're only in our second year. So I think in the coming years, like that's definitely something we would want to look into. And have, have members of the community picked up on the shop and have you had, is it purely students who come and shop there or are people popping in as they go by as well who live locally? Um, I mean, I, I've done a few shifts this year in the shop, um, less so than last year, just because we kind of running it rather than running the volunteers, which is a lot more kind of store, store based. Um, yeah, I mean, locals definitely come in, they're definitely interested and um, whether they buy something is kind of a different matter, but we've tried to do a few events this year where we've, kind of gone into the community a bit more so we um ran a series of workshops with trinity school um a few few weeks ago now where we went to the school and kind of taught the kids how to wear out ingredients and like taught them a little bit about sustainable living and how our shop works with hopefully with the aim that they'd go with their parents and say oh we did this today at school um let's go into town on saturday saturday definitely is a lot more locals than wednesday um (laughs) Because Saturday is always filled with people wandering the streets. Um, Wednesday, I think, is a bit is a bit quieter on that front. So, so the shop is currently only opening two days a week. Oh, sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, Saturday. Sunday, Wednesday. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and so, if you're handing over then, Lauren, to others for next year, let's have a chat with Elodie. Elodie, where do you think Scoop can go from where it is? Um, I think we would like Scoop to kind of become well kind of a sustainability hub in Durham but also just a place like like Lauren said I think there is quite often like a student local divide so somewhere we where we can really encourage everyone to come in and shop and kind of just make sustainable living accessible right in the heart of Durham especially because we do price match to Tesco and kind of as Lauren mentioned earlier there is often like a lot of other zero waste shops it, it almost puts people off shopping in this manner because it is there's quite often like significant markups compared to the prices at Tesco or Asda. So we're really trying to encourage everyone to kind of get on board with this style of sustainable living. And we're also something that Lauren and Kat, the presidents for this year, have done a really great job. And this is kind of in tandem with Lena because she was head of events this year since we're so lucky to kind of have the luxury of having the space like rent free and it's right kind of in the heart of town on the riverside, we're kind of using it as an event space. We're trying to kind of have outreach in that way 
you know, both in kind of the local community and the student community who haven't heard of Durham, um, not Durham before, <laughs> Scoop before. So really just trying to make it bigger and better and more well-known in that sort of way. So, Lena, you were talked about there as being responsible for events. So what have you done that's worked and what are your plans for the future, for the coming year when you get back? Yeah, so I started right after Christmas as head of events. Um, I think the idea behind, well, recruitingly by Lauren was that um, it's such a great space um, and it's just we only open three days a week. So there are four days where we can use it to kind of promote our cause further. So the first thing that we organised was a um, sustainable societies um, meetup. So we had all the students um, from Durham University that are in like an eco-friendly society or a sustainable society um, come for like an evening um, and everyone got to know each other because I think there's so much in like, the sustainability space. There's a lot of um, overlapping and a lot of similar interests, but there's no umbrella body. And that's kind of what Scoop acted as for the night, at least, as like a um, sustainability umbrella body where everyone that's interested in sustainability and is a student um, could come together and, and get to know each other. And I think they even, I think our, our event, um, resulted into other societies doing like a social they did like a vegetarian tasting of some sort together it was the vegetarian society and I think some um, sustainable living so they came together which is really exciting but I think looking towards next year um, trying because we started with what well, I started with um, events for students because that's what I felt like I could with my especially beginning limited experience that's why I felt like I could do the best because that's I was basically doing what I would want to see. Uh, but as we've now kind of found a footing a little bit, I think trying to expand into events that incorporate the whole Durham community um, would be really fun. But that's that's a job for someone uh, else, hopefully, that we would be seeing <laughs> as we're putting that. Yeah, particularly, and I'll just um, add in there an element of scoop that I don't think we've mentioned yet is that we donate all our profits to charity. So oh. something like to try and like this past academic year, we've had three charities that we will donate our profits to, which are Fair Share Northeast, the Angelou Centre, which is in Newcastle and work, works with women from like kind of my own minoritized communities and also the Waddington Street Centre, kind of right in the heart of Durham that works. I think it's mental health centre, mm-hmm. Lauren. Yeah. So we would like to you know, no matter whether we continue working with these charities or maybe we swap one in, swap one out, we'd like to, you know, potentially host some events in person with our charities to kind of further raise awareness of that element of our work. So for anybody who wants to visit Scoop, obviously you're not open currently, but when you start coming back to university, which will be September, am I right? September, October. So you then will be opening up again three days a week, would you say? And they are... So it's Wednesday 12 to 5, Saturday 12 to 5, and Sunday 12 to 3. Excellent. And uh, and if you share with us, totally locally, uh, any events you, you're having, then we're happy to help spread the word. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all feel that, you know, there's these two elements of the city. There's the students, and then there's, there's the, the community uh, the non-student community and the more they can work together and the more they know what the other ones are doing I think it's great for everyone 
yeah I think that was definitely our premise behind choosing the charities as well like we definitely tried to you know stay with the north like really trying to stick predominantly with the northeast um and Durham where we could and I mean definitely the Wellington Centre it's been amazing to support them because they're literally like our doorstep like in amongst where we will live as students um I think that's been like a really special connection we've had this year so I'm, I'm proud that we've supported them and and uh, it's part of a national organisation, but I think not many universities have actually got a scoop running yet, have they? Yeah. So, um, so Davide and Davide, um, who set up Scoop uh, Durham first, um, set up the Scoop UK kind of brand this year predominantly. Oh, I see. So, so Durham was the front runner. Durham was the front runner. I think there was in fairness the idea of Scoop and how Scoop worked actually originally came from Cambridge. Um, but how we did it in Cambridge, we did it via kind of pop-up stores in the different colleges, obviously like Cambridge is collegiate. So, um, and all the all the students live in colleges, most of them do. Um, so they didn't have a shop per se. Um, but I think Davide and Nina were really keen to have kind of a hub, a base. Um, and we're the only one of, I think there's five Scoops in total. We're the only one with the store space. Um, so there's Scoop UK, sorry, Scoop UK, Scoop Durham, Scoop UCL, Scoop Leeds, Scoop Cambridge, and Scoop Duke in America. I think that's all of them. Um, yeah, which is yeah, amazing. But again, um, we have the privilege of having a store which the other stores do, which the other scoops don't have. Um, but I get I get the sense that Scoop is fairly young and oh yeah, only two kind years, of watch this two, space. Two years old, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you should definitely follow Scoop, Scoop UK's Instagram. It's very exciting. They're doing some awesome graphics and content at the moment. So as well as following Scoop Durham, follow Scoop UK. <laughs> there you go. Right, brilliant. I'll tell you what, we shall, I suspect we'll run this one twice. It's lovely to know what's happening. It's lovely to know about the support from the Riverwalk. Um, and we'll look forward to Scoop reopening when you Ooh. all get back in September. Brilliant. In the loop. The Durham Podcast. It does feel like this sort of has potential. There's an energy behind it. Uh, the organisers, the, the guys who created it, seem to have a real sort of, you know, bit in, bit between the teeth kind of thing. Um, it obviously has a lot of student support as well. And whilst it's not open currently, it uh, will be back in September. So we might run this again as a reminder in a couple of months' time. You can still find Scoop Durham and Scoop UK on social media. So I shall. Share the links to those, of course, in the show notes. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, tell your friends all about it. Share it, etc., etc. Like, subscribe. Uh, make sure you don't miss out on the episodes coming up because they'll tell you what's coming up in Durham. If there's something we should be talking about, make sure you let us know. Uh, you can email admin at totallylocallydurham.co.uk. And while we're here, thank you. A big thank you to City of Durham Parish Council for their support. Okay, nearly there for this month, but obviously not quite, as we will always try and finish with Alice, um, who works in Durham and so goes looking for somewhere new to discover quite often. And if I'm honest, she normally goes out looking for somewhere new to discover when she's hungry around lunchtime. Get the gist? Alice explores. So, Alice has been exploring... And um, it didn't involve cake. It didn't involve cake. I was very good this time. So you went off and you found yourself a new independent. I did. And it was actually a genuine... I was walking walking round trying to find somewhere for lunch and I found it on the off chance. Um, I think it's just 
just opened or it's only been open for about a month or so actually um it's in riverwalk and it is called maple patisserie just the word patisserie sounds mm. delightful oh, it was i kind of got drawn to the drawn to the cabinet of all the sort of the the cakes and the i think there were some scones but i was very good i went for a sandwich in the end which i have to admit was rather nice um, so let's let's because the riverwalk area you, there's there's more than one level yes um, so it's on the same level as the Odeon. Yes, just before the Odeon. Okay, depends which way you're coming from. But if you if you came from um, Framwell Gate if Bridge, if you came from the Framwell Gate Bridge way uh, and sort of turned right into there, and then if you keep on going, it's kind of the middle section. Okay. Um, and it kind of it's it's a strange one actually because. Um, it is sort of tucked away a little bit, which is nice, so it encourages you to go in, and it's got some nice outdoor space as well. Um, and it, uh, no, it just looked, it looked very, looked very interesting, so I and popped it, in. It enticed you it in. It did, it enticed so me the, in. So the, the question we want to know is, what did you eat? I, what were the options that you had to, to decline that you were sorely oh. tempted by? Well, I have to admit, I was very good. It was a, it was one of the few days that it was actually boiling, so I ended up with a peach iced tea, Ooh. and I had I think it was like a New York New York sandwich, like the pastrami and mm. and all of that, which was really nice. And I had to turn down. I think I had to turn down a. I think there was like a fruit a fruit flan. I think there was some form of delicious chocolateness. Um, I think there were some homemade scones as well. Um, and some forms of different different torts, and also there was some very nice coffee on the go as well. Oh wow! So I was, I was very, I was very good. So it's a sort of little bit of everything: lunch, coffee stop, cake stop. Yes. Independent. Yes. Over in the Riverwalk area. It is indeed. Very good. And who? What kind of people were they attracting? Was it students at that point? Was it? Do you know what? Actually. I'd say everybody. I think there were some there were some students in. Um, there were some people my age in. There were some people slightly older than me. I would say just absolutely everybody and just sort of grabbing grabbing something either on the go or having just sort of coffee in a book and just in, just enjoying, which is nice to see. Wonderful, it is, and we like we like somewhere new with cake. We do. We don't like we? we like new with cake. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'm going to give you a heads up for next month. Oh, Alice is not going exploring next oh, month. I'm not. No, I'm Alice not is going to talk about something that you are planning for the end of August. Oh yes, I am. Oh, I'm very so, excited so, about this one. So, oh, that was a squeaky chair. Yes, that was, that my was a chair. <laughs> um, so yes, so this time next month, the next podcast, we're going to be talking about the children's book festival. Yes. Can't wait! It's going to be very, it's going to be very exciting. Right. We shall speak to you then. Bye. I'm sort of gutted I didn't go for lunch with her that day. I've done, I've, I've gone with her in the past, and I'm, I think that should maybe be a regular. Um, thank you to Alice and to everyone who's given me a little bit of their time this month. To Lena, Elodie, and Lauren from Scoop Durham, to Miles from Bookworm, and of course to Bill Moyer from Durham Fringe. Uh, all the links, websites, social media, anything I could find in the show notes if you want those. Uh, thank you to you for tuning in to In the Loop, the Durham podcast. Uh, and finally, do me a favour. I don't know why I'm croaking. Finally, do me a favour, spread the word. Share the links. Uh, let's get as many as people as possible involved listening to the podcast, supporting independent businesses in the city of Durham because it is what makes the city thrive. Um, and if we can get the students supporting 
the independents and the independents and all of us who live here supporting the students in their enterprises as well, wouldn't it be good? That's it for this month. We shall be back. I think I'm going to try and do it before the end of July. We'll try and get another one in before the end of July of In The Loop, the Durham podcast. I'll see you soon. You're locked in a strange room. Time is against you. You need to get out, and there's only one way to do it. Have you got what it takes to discover the clues, solve the puzzles, and escape before the clock runs out? Then step into Escape Rooms Durham and see if you can unravel the mystery of Mr. Borrowdale's study or steal the formula in the lab heist. Escape Rooms Durham is the perfect challenge for families, friends, colleagues and birthdays. Find out more at escapedurham.co.uk Then come and escape from Escape Rooms Durham on Sadler Street in Durham City Centre.